Well, I thought it'd be a fun thing to continue with. Uh, what we did last week, which was kind of like a soft cold open for for these Halloween episodes, where we just start talking about, you know, some spooky related stuff, some horror related stuff. Um, I think during the last episode we mentioned that right now Friday the Thirteenth is kind of in a limbo hell because the original screenwriter Victor Miller owns some of the intellectual property like Jason as a little boy and like the title Friday the 13th whereas Sean as Cunningham owns like Jason as a full-grown adult with the hockey mask and stuff and so like they just can't you know agree for all of those elements to be used that seems for like a film. such a buck wild decision for a judge to make too because yeah, well, what happened was like basically copyright law is that after 35 years uh, the author regains the uh, rights to whatever they've produced for yeah. whoever, whatever the fuck. And so, yeah, so that's what happened. Victor Miller was like, hey, I want my shit back. And for some reason, yeah, the judge decided, like, okay, well, your original screenplay didn't necessarily involve the full-grown Jason Voorhees kind of a thing. So, like, you can have, you know, Camp Crystal Lake, Baby Jason, and the Friday the 13th name, Sean Cunningham. You get all this other stuff. Weird. I'd like to believe that during this trial or proceeding or hearing or whatever. Well, do you know who it was that did it? No. I'd like to believe that these two guys were so insufferable during it that this judge was like, I'm going to fuck both of these guys up. I'm going <laughs> to give them both something, but I'm going to make it useless to both of them. I, uh, I biffed it. Can we go back to the do you know who it was thing? Sure. Do you know who it was? No. It's King Solomon. The cut cut the baby cut the baby in half story from the Bible. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do that a third time? Well, I thought that was good. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> on another topic, Friday the Thirteenth is what we were just talking about, but Nightmare on Elm Street, which honestly I'm much much more excited to jump into next year. Yeah, I said it. I said it earlier. You know, Chris, this is our this is our show. Yeah, we can jump ship right now. No, I want you to see these. Or we're right at the part where it starts getting very interesting. This can, next one, literally, the director is quoted as saying, "I shot a fucking porno in the woods." Cool. We could go, <laughs> or we could go like that movie. We could go hog wild. Watch Ooh. them all tomorrow, <laughs> and then do an episode on the rest of them, and then jump into it's. But it's not even October. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, these don't feel like Halloween movies to me. No, they all take place summer. in the dead yeah, of summer. summer yeah. 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 Um, but anyways, Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven passed away, and apparently, rest in peace peace for sure, creator of such things as, um, The Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, I'm probably forgetting some, but he also, Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, as well as, uh, he did a Swamp Thing movie in the 80s. Cool. Yeah. So anyways... And also, apparently, I heard, admittedly, before making uh, Last House and Left, had never seen a horror movie. But that's also really interesting to me. That era, things like, let's say, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Last House on the Left, which are intentionally gory and, like, really fucked up. Early 70s horror films, like... Yeah, you probably didn't need to see a horror movie before because horror movies before that were, boo, I'm a spooky ghost. Yeah. You know, like what would a horror movie do for Wes Craven when he's making Last House on the Left? Nothing, because Last House on the Left is not anything like Dracula or the Wolfman. 
not necessarily defending it. I mean, I know it's, some people find it very egregious to do the rape revenge plot. I've never seen it. I don't know. But all I'm saying is buck wild. Anyways. Uh, it reminds me vaguely of my boy Kojima. Yeah. Um, before he made PT, I remember reading an interview with him where he's talking about how he'd like to make a, a horror game. He's like, because I'm a big scaredy cat. Everything scares me. <laughs> so I think I'm real good at knowing what is and is not scary. Yeah. And then he made the scariest thing I've ever seen. So nice. Good on him. But anyways, the uh, the family of Wes Craven, apparently since like 2016 or something like that, I could have that date wrong, has just been accepting like screenplays and stuff, just like anything. They're open to anything. They're really just weighing other options and sifting through everything to see what their next move is. Um, so just for years, they've just been accepting like you did, you know, whether it's a TV series you have an idea for, or a movie idea, whatever, pitch it to us. Where we, you know, we would like to do. Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know what I mean? We'd like to do a nice rebirth, reboot. Um, I'm getting somewhere, but something else. Well, you go ahead. Go ahead. Did you ever hear about the, the West, West Craven cartoon? Uh-uh. I don't think. I believe, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it's West Craven, yeah. I believe um, Rob Schraub got brought in to like, look at it like yeah potentially work on it and they gave him like like showed him a bunch of like storyboards and stuff like that and it was gonna be like a saturday morning cartoon where Wes craven was a monster hunter okay like fought a different monster every week and they were like also he's really into like a this project but b he's really into like bird watching and crossword puzzles so we're gonna try to work that in there somewhere too and obviously, it never went anywhere. It never became anything. Interesting. But um, but Elijah Wood uh, and his production company have a uh, an idea for, for a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, reboot. Apparently, it's a passion project, something he's very passionate about. He's a very big fan. And, uh, yeah, they got they got themselves a little idea. I think Elijah's going to be Freddy. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'd like it. I think he can do anything. I like it. I don't like uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Love me some Elijah Wood. I like yeah. him in everything I see him in. I don't know. That's one of the the, the the major points of contention with the idea of doing it is like, you know, Robert England's getting up there. How do you do it without Robert England? Well, they did. And it was not good. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they didn't make another one after because they were like, oh, yeah, this is a mistake. Yeah. They, even, it's, they had a Rorschach. Play Freddy, yeah. and even that is like okay, yeah, that works. I buy that, and then mm-hmm. the movie just was bad. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people were very upset that he just did the Rorschach voice again. But anyways, yeah, very interested in what that could be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I said it before. I said it again. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, you know, that's right up there with Scream for me in a different way, where it's not as viscerally like scary as scream um just because it's kind of a hokey idea you know what i mean like the oh in your dreams when i was a kid it scared the fuck out of me but uh super inventive super super inventive yeah i very imaginative i haven't seen a single one i'm super stoked about that i wish we were doing that right now instead of whatever this is yeah yeah. <sighs> uh, but that's a wrap. Any thoughts on those kinds of things? No. You know, about the any rights and the reboots and stuff or anything like that? 
I don't know. I just keep uh, watching, you know, little YouTube videos, and they're talking about how, because of the success of Halloween and um, and the the recent Scream sequels, it's kind of ripe grounds. Kind of feels like slashers are a little back in vogue in a sense. So yeah, I mean, I feel like you one of them could make one. The one who owns Jason and the Hockey Mask, that guy could make the movie for sure. Yeah. The other guy, sorry to say, you got nothing. <laughs> You did kind of get shit out of luck in that one. Oh, you got Jason as a kid, and what? Did he get the title Friday title the 13th? Title Friday the 13th, yeah. Okay. Well. Which is crazy, because Sean Cunningham is specifically the one who came up with the idea, because it was originally called, like, A Long Night at Camp Blood. And then while they were writing the script and, like, getting funding and shit like that, Sean Cunningham presumably awoke from sleep in a cold sweat and went, <gasps> Friday the 13th. And uh, the story goes that he ran over to, like, the fucking, you know, New York Times or something like that and pulled out an ad for the movie with that title so that he could stake his claim. Like, I've got it. I came up with it. There was also another movie called, like, Friday the 13th, The Orphan that was coming out, which nobody has heard of, which he actually, like, paid them off to, like, be like, hey, I'm going to use the Friday the 13th thing. And they were like, yeah, nobody's going to see our movie anyways. You could do that. And so subsequently they've really marketed their movie more as just The Orphan instead of friday the 13th the orphan but okay well maybe he can't make it but it's what would you what would you call it well that's exactly why when new line cinema got it it's jason goes to hell and jason x and mm. not and not friday the 13th mm. part 10 jason x or friday the, you know friday the 13th i part didn't even 10. think about that yeah that movie's yeah. called jason x it's not called friday the 13th jason yeah. x or yeah same yeah. thing with the same thing with part nine it's jason goes to hell the final friday it's not friday the 13th jason goes to hell it's yeah those are both new line cinema movies and then did they get back together for oh no that happened later i was gonna say for the the reboot the reboot yeah yeah i think the reboot what was going on then was i have heard good things i don't think i'll like it seems like all the charm of the original is gone i really just don't like sleek sexy aughts remakes of movies that cost nothing to make and were super imaginative and required a lot of hard work from people to make scary 30 years ago that you know what i'm saying like like but what i'm getting around to is the texas chainsaw massacre remake that happened in like 2002 or 2004 did so well that that's why they did the friday the 13th reboot and that's why they did the nightmare on elm street reboot with Haley joel osmond or whatever his name is and you would consider the original not the remake of friday the 13th to be imaginative <laughs> and scary <laughs> Yeah, no, that's they're just uh, uh, they, gotcha. No, it's just that's 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 how I'm referring to it, is like that whole era. No, I know what you like mean. Yeah, yeah, like like the yes, fame, I would the in the sense that stuff, like yeah. uh, I wouldn't consider it a gotcha just because like I you know yeah well, I, I think that'll be the the deciding factor on whether or not I gotcha. well you can do whatever you want but I mean you know, so what I'm gonna I, do is get you I got gotcha. you I don't think I'm gotten because double gotcha it's not a gotcha. It's Tom Savini, right there. There's a guy who, like you were saying in the last episode, just this backyard of figuring out how to do with what you got. That's way more inventive than, um, than whatever they did in 2009. Chris, yeah, you got me. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Okay, so we're starting with three. 
Yeah, chronological. Yeah. We're getting chronolo chronological in, in this bitch. Meal time. All right. So, I don't know. I feel like this is going to be bad for the podcast, but just it's getting to be fall. It's cold. It's a little chilly in here. I got coffee and a sweater on. I don't got coffee on. I'm drinking coffee and I got a sweater on, and I'm just sleepy. I'm just. Uh, I, I want a coffee. I, there's I've got, there's a pot over there, but it's just I got the fall time sleepies, Chris. Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. This one is 3D. Five point five out of ten. I think that's what you give to Part Two as well. It's a five point five. I think you give the original a five. This next one five point five, and then this one five point five. Yeah. yeah. Letter writer. That's what you did. Yeah. Thank you. We always appreciate the mail. Yeah. Thank you. They put their name on the front of these these letters, but no, we, really. never, we never read them because we'd like to... Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I don't want to dox nobody. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to pull a Gene Siskel. Yeah, it's insane that it's the same guy every week. <laughs> it's always Gene Siskel. <laughs> it's always Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, Friday the 13th, part three in 3D. Uh, came out a year after the second one. Uh, which tracks because there's only like I think they put eight of them out in the 80s <laughs> between 1980 and 1989 they put out eight Fridays I think or seven anyways uh, this one you, you, I throw a letter beat me to the punch it's it's in 3D um, my history with this thing I'll just get that out of the way this is one that I saw when I was a child but it is definitely not one of the ones that captured my imagination when I was a kid Nowadays, they're not necessarily my favorite Fridays, but like one to four, I really like just for like, you know, like I, I was I was just uh, listening to a retrospective that was talking about the series that quoted Victor Miller's original intentions with the script, which was to kind of like take a lot of that like cutesy 1950s baby booner, like Beach Boys kind of like, hey, we're just carefree having fun thing and like flip it on its head, kind of like. Um, I like I, I do like the kind of grainy but colorful like aesthetic of these first four, but they're very boring. Even when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I was bored by all of these. They didn't do very much for me. Um, and that's yeah, three has always been my least favorite. We'll get into it more later, but I just this is the comedic relief character turned up to eleven to a point that I don't like. There's a biker gang here. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about the hey Chris <laughs> yeah. I forgot. I forgot this movie, with the exception of the three D bits coming yeah. at my face. Yeah. I forgot this movie. Um, you know, we'll get into it more as I'm talking about it. But uh, what about your history with this thing? I'm sure there's a degree to which you probably didn't even know this thing existed. Uh, my history with Friday the Thirteenth Part Three is every time Chris and I look for a movie to watch for the podcast, we will look at the DVD shelf we have. And I will thumb over Friday the 13th Part 3, look at the 3D glasses on the inside and go, we got to do this. <laughs> well, did it live up to that expectation? Yeah. Um, yeah. I yes think the 3D no. was a lot of fun. Yeah. my. I'm giving the 3D a 10. My favorite part of this movie was watching you experience 3D for what seemed to be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always never worked for me. It's always just been like, okay, well, there's the image. And then to the right is a red version of the image. And then to the left is a blue version of the image. But for some reason, this time the stars aligned, and I just saw an image that was coming at me. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, when like 3D stuff like works, like um, when like just a shot is moving and like things have depth to it, but as soon as somebody 
points at you or something comes at you yeah it always splits off to what you were saying to me i see like a red one mm-hmm. and then a blue one and so that doesn't work for me but the rest of it was fun um so it didn't even work in this one i mean like the depth i got definitely yeah, got depth, depth stuff, but like when it, like, like when it gets to like a certain point yeah, yeah it splits for me okay it didn't this time for me, but that's usually how it works. Maybe that's I was sitting closer. Is yeah. that how 3D works? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was at the right angle. I mean, our TV is angled. It Maybe is. I was at a better angle. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's weird to think about. We have no seat in our living room where you are head-on looking at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so from the rip, first thing is this movie picks up, I think, like, what is it? It's like supposed to be it's i i think you cold open with a couple that own us like a country store and it's on the news is this supposed to be like two days after the second one i have no idea chris i'm i i was doing a little bit of a bit yeah i have no idea what you're talking about right now <laughs> i all like, here i'll tell you i'm gonna remind you. this might be this might be easier let me real yeah. quick tell you what i remember about this movie okay there's that curly-headed kid uh-huh. who's a little bit overweight, uh-huh. and his whole character is, I'm fat and dumb and ugly, and yeah. nobody wants to sleep with me, and it make me, it make a me, Nick, yeah. uncomfortable for 90 minutes. <laughs> that is, and he gets, he gets the, he gets the hockey masks from him. Jason does. He gets a hockey mask from that kid, because he's wearing it, and then he shoots a harpoon at somebody. Yeah. That's the end of what I remember about this movie. Okay. Um, this one also I should mention, I believe, is the um, lowest rated of the series. They probably all watched it in two D. <laughs> yeah, it has a uh, it has a seven percent on Rotten Tomato. Okay, which is pretty low. Well, we open up and there's like a lady with curls in her hair, and she's got a husband with a mustache and a pet rabbit. I remember like, this guy. Yes. Yeah, he's up in the vegetables, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing, Mister Whiskers? You can't be in there." And then he eats a donut, and his wife's like, "I make all this good food for you. Why don't you? What are you doctors is gonna watch your heart?" He does. That's, I love this guy. This guy's just eating up this scene. Yeah. He doesn't eat the donut. He walks by everything. and goes, "I'll have some of this." I oh guess yeah, he like drinks some sunny the bottle and puts this, it yeah. back. Yeah. And his wife comes and goes, "Get rid of that freaking animal." Yeah. So apparently also, I was thinking this the whole time, he's fucking around in, like, the clotheslines Jason is. A lot like the original Halloween when Jamie Lee Curtis sees him standing uh-huh. out there and then he's gone. But anyways, uh, that's where he gets these new clothes. Because the whole time I was like, what the fuck happened to the overalls? This guy's just wearing a nice shirt and nice pants. What, has he got a job interview? Is so it, I guess the implication is that he stole them from those clotheslines is what I'm... Is it this one or is it the next one where you don't see a lot of him? It's the next one. Okay. Yeah, you see the, you see him all the time in this one. Okay. You see him, he's like smiling at her. Remember, he like lifts the mask. We'll get that. Ah, ah, ah. But anyways, um, yeah, we meet all the friends. Um, there's a couple of guys couple of girls and then there's the stoners that's one of the early gags in the film is the oh my god guys the van's on fire <laughs> they go in there and they're smoking weed that's yes the, yes, that's yes the yes, gag yes. yeah um they almost get pulled over in the van and basically the opening scene of super troopers <laughs> happens <laughs> like 30 percent of it um they think they're getting pulled over so they eat all the weed but then the cops zoom past them because oh, they're not yeah, actually yeah, after yeah, them yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then they're all like, oh, man, we ate all that weed. Anyways, also one of them's pregnant. They never touch upon that again. 
I do not remember that. Yeah, basically, like uh, there's a there's a boy and a girl, and one of them's like, you know, I'm with child. She doesn't say that, obviously, but she's she's pregnant. Also insane to me that they eat all this weed, and then the next thirty minutes of this movie isn't all of them going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> um. Then yeah, basically what happens is the comedic relief character keeps pretending to have been murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so B-plot is... And goes, why don't girls like me? Well, the B-plot is basically uh, the boy who cried wolf, because eventually he does get murdered and nobody believes him. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but we'll get there. So he does that for a long time, and then the other thing that happens is that who's supposed to be his double date takes him to the store. At the store, they bump into some bikers. The bikers give them some grief. Yeah. Yeah. Then he accidentally bumps into the bikes... One of the bikers comes outside, and he's like, what the fuck? And they have this weird moment where they're kind of like just looking at each other, and then the biker smiles, and so he smiles back. And then the biker punches the window out, and then he's like, you know what? I'm done taking all this grief, and he runs over one of the bikes, which sets up those guys coming to their little camp. Should be mentioned that I've never seen a Friday the 13th that looks more like um, California. <laughs> it's yeah, very yeah, yeah, arid. Yeah. And deserty. I think there's three trees in the. <laughs> this movie almost looks like um, Scream Three. Yeah, it yeah. looks like the, it looks like it was shot in like one of those really cheap like Runyon Canyon or whatever the fuck like one of those like B movie areas that like just got used by a hundred million different yeah. movies so that kind of a thing. Um, I'm looking at this movie on my phone right now. Yeah, this is this feels like somebody is showing me one of my dreams, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. This is an aspect I kind of like, actually, but uh, not enough to save the entire film. I like that Jason is hanging out in that barn, and everybody just keeps wandering into it. It reminds me of, like, the Hinterkaifeck story of that barn in Germany where they found an entire family murdered, but they're all wearing, like, some are wearing pajamas, some are wearing day clothes, some are wearing, like... And it, like, gave the implication, like, the impression to the police that, like, just slowly throughout the day, someone would go to the barn, and then they'd be like, huh, I wonder why they aren't back yet. And so then they would go check the barn, and, like, just slowly throughout the day, the killer just waited in the barn and killed people as they came to the barn, basically. And I'd like to take a second here and talk about personal biases. Yeah. Do you remember how long we shit on Halloween 5? Because that same exact thing happens where he hangs out in a barn and 11 people just walk in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe later when we're done with this, just do some thinking. Look at yourself. <laughs> look at your ideas. Um, let's see. Bada bing, bada bam. The bikers show up? Yeah, they, they get murdered in the barn. Um, and... I... They siphon the gas out of all their truck, out of their van. Yes, that does happen. Yeah. Um, but something I forgot that looking at, um, I remember very vividly, um, speaks to the god awful acting that I think this one has the worst acting out of all. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of these have really been stellar so far. Yeah. But, yeah. but the lead biker lady. Yeah. Walks into the barn and she goes, oh, oh, and just walks through and like bewildered like yeah. she's in oz now yeah touches every single thing in the barn that she walks by <laughs> yeah. it's like oh look at this rusty uh circular blade yeah oh look at this hammer and it's just like like the bit is supposed to be that he's in the background mm. which i didn't notice when it was in 3d i notice it now on my phone mm -hmm. but she is just chewing up the scenery in the worst way possible <laughs> Um, one of the most uh, notable scenes, in my opinion, uh, is a little bit later, 
the main girl and her love interest who wants to leave the whole time. He keeps saying, Chris, I'm getting out of here. And she's like, no, just stay. Just stay for me. Because she doesn't like the friends. She, he doesn't like... He doesn't like the silly one with the curly hair. He doesn't like the stoners. He's the one that you kept saying, how old is this man? Yes. Yeah. And I looked it up. Did I tell you while we were watching it? 27. Yeah, that guy's yeah. 27. He yeah. looks 38. Yeah. Um, so he is told by his girlfriend, who I think is Chris Higgins, um, or maybe they're not together. I don't know. They kind of have a will they, won't they? Thing. Also, it's kind of like a... Goes without saying, but I feel like I have to bring it up every time. This man, unbelievably horny. <laughs> Everybody in this movie. But uh, she tells him that she was hanging out in the woods not too long ago and a crazy deformed man attacked her. And then they play that. And it's so weird. It's like something out of like a 1950s B movie. Yeah. It's this weird angle where she's just like struggling to get away from this monster that just keeps grabbing. Like he has no weapon. What is he trying to do to her? It doesn't look like any other attack that Jason ever does in the series. Like, it just looks like he's goofing around with her. He looks like, like a he... real boy beast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he that's a perfect way to say it, because it feels almost like a stage play, but, like, not, so it feels like an old, like, movie from the 30s, where yeah. it's just this one weird static shot, yeah. and he's just kind of fumbling around yeah. at and on her. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. Never again is Jason depicted like that. Usually, yeah. he's a very efficient, he to looks, the point guy. He reminds me of the brother from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Yeah, with the plate in his head. Yeah. Crop top. Or chop yeah, crop, top. Chop, chop top. top. Chop Lick top. my plate, dog dick. Yeah. Anyways, um, after that, I mean, what else is there to say? Some yo-yos come at the screen earlier. We <laughs> forgot about that. You know, there's like a broomstick here, a broomstick there. One of the things that is pretty cool about the 3D is when he smushes the guy's head and the eyeball flies. Yes, yeah, so that part's That's great, good. Yeah. That's good. Um, other than that, I mean, let me peruse this synopsis again because, you know, oh, yeah, he gets the hockey mask. The first time you see him on screen is your favorite shot. I guess thus far. And he shoots, he shoots the harpoon and it's on a string. The harpoon that, that, at the camera. that Shelly, the comedic relief character, brought. Yep. For what? Don't know. Because also, I forgot, yeah, he's in like a wetsuit. That one girl goes down to the dock yep. and he grabs her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he has no like ventilation system on his face. How long was he under that water? That's a great point, yeah. What do you, what do you, weird scene. But, you know, Shelly knows chicks, so he's yeah. like, I'm going to pack my my hockey mask, my wetsuit, my harpoon, <laughs> my fake axe that I can put in my head so people yeah. think I got axed in the head later. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Oh. She also drops his wallet in the fucking water. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And she's like kind of having a change of heart. She's like, oh, maybe I will sleep with him because she like sees a picture of his parents. <laughs> it's weird. She's like, oh. His dad's hot. Maybe he'll get hot later. <laughs> but yeah, your favorite scene being the, the spear gun. He walks up holding the spear gun, then shoots it directly at the camera, and then he shoots a lady in the eye. Also, something I, I, I saw the other day, just like you, I've been like, my my feeds on everything have been just chock full of Friday the 13th stuff mm -hmm. because um, algorithms, I guess. Um, fun little fact, you know the, the shots that they do where a, a a cleaver goes into somebody's face reverse yeah yeah the way they do that just cut a face-sized hole yeah. on the side of it and then yank it away real fast and yeah. just reverse that yeah so smart tom sabini yeah yeah they go down to the basement uh that one guy the stoner guy goes down to the basement mm -hmm. and he gets killed or whatever um what else happens chili finds that everyone is dead and is then Someone's impaled chili i think that's the stoner girlfriend okay yeah, because there's a scene where Shelly's like, I was throat slit, and she's like, yeah, Shelly, really funny. 
And she does that for like five minutes. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, people are actually dead. Um, Chris and her boyfriend show up. Remember the popcorn's all burnt and shit. And they're like, what the heck is going on around here? I mean, this is really odd. Um, then what the hell happens? There's a chase, basically. Like, I think he gets got pretty quick. And then she and uh, Jason chase. And I got to say this probably to this point of the three films, my favorite chase. Jason's pretty much always on her on her on her on her tail uh she hops in the car at one point it goes for a little bit and then runs out of gas because the biker siphoned the gas earlier then he shows up at the car um it does it this one like it really does have like a cartoonish like we were saying a second ago with you know the idea of it you know feeling like a you know, monster movie from the 50s like so eventually they end up also into the barn and uh, she chops him ahead with the axe, which is the one piece of continuity these films hang on to. The hockey mask is going to always be missing that chunk from now until eternity. Um, but they go upstairs. She acts, you know, gets him into like a, you know, kind of like a hangman situation. He's hanging and stuff. Is that when he flips the mask up, shows that he's the guy that teased her earlier and then smiles teased and then puts her. it back down i don't know it might have been earlier might have been earlier but either way that scene ridiculous so funny to me and she goes oh it's him yeah this is not by any means necessarily like my favorite depiction of jason in terms of like uh oh this is so scary this that and the other but it's probably my favorite just because it's so fucking funny <laughs> like between him fumbling on her and the fucking mask thing or later, we'll just get cut to the chase. She gets out onto a boat, wanders into the water, and then has her own little hallucination thing. Her hallucination is that she's looking at the house, and then, you know, like when someone's doing the bit where they're pretending to walk downstairs or come up the elevator, Jason just sprouts up in a window like that with his mask off. Yeah. Sees her, smiles, then starts running at her. Um, either now or earlier, he bursts through the door and uh, starts running at her. Um, also very funny. It's like kind of like slapsticky like the only way i can describe it is like we were saying a second ago like just be horror from the 50s or 60s just like the monster is semi-silly also unintentionally <laughs> like it's so funny to me very funny jason is in this one and then it ends with uh who gives a shit i don't know how what happens after that if she you know oh i think a couple of police officers show up and do they yeah they're talking about like how uh Oh, all her friends got murdered, and she keeps talking about a wild man from the woods or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what they're saying. Saying something like that. No, he dies in the barn. Dies in the barn? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like... she hallucinated the whole thing about him running through the house and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And the cops find him in the barn. Mm-hmm. Correct? Wait. Doesn't Mrs. Voorhees come out of the lake at one point? No, it's two. That's two? two, yeah. No, I thought. Or am no. I tripping? I think that's does she this. come out? Oh, does she come out after Jason was running at her, and then she wakes up? Maybe. Hold on, I got it on my phone. I'll look. Well, it I up. got it on my phone too. Well, I mean, you got the. But I got it in video, not words. Yeah. Yeah, she has a nightmare of an unmasked Jason running towards her. Yes, and then, yeah. And then the decomposing body of Pamela Voorhees with her head attached. Which is funny. Twist. Because very famously, her head has been removed. The following morning, the police arrive and escort a tra tra traumatized Chris away from Higgins Haven. Jason's body is shown to be laying in the barn as the lake is shown at peace. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you were describing him running through the house, and I was like, I don't remember any of that. But watching it now, this is so funny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Throughout the whole movie, he's depicted so humorously. Like, he's so fucking funny. Yeah, like, just as a shot of him looking at her through the window. And he smiles. Oh, so funny. Yeah, and he lo- I can't get so over it. Funny. Looks exactly like Sloth from the Goonies yeah. every time he doesn't have a mask Very on. Very funny. Sorry, I'm just watching this movie now. Yeah. And I, I, I got to commend this one for being thus far the most watchable. <laughs> so, I, at least this last half. Like, this so last far, half yeah. is so funny. Uh, pretty much, I would say, turn this movie on when she's telling her boyfriend that she's been attacked by this monster in the woods and watch the last 20 minutes because they're a fucking hoot. Yeah. Very Unless funny. it's in 3D, they'll watch the whole damn yeah. thing. Yeah. So, between the way Jason's depicted and the 3D... I, yeah, I have fun with this one. This one's yeah. funny as hell. I'm going to give this one a C. <laughs> wow, yeah. a C. I gave the first one a D minus, the second one, one a C minus. I should have probably given the first one kind of an F too, but anyways, this one, God, I wanted to stick to my guns. God, this one's so funny and the 3D is pretty good. I'll probably bring this one back up to a D minus. Okay. That's where I'm going. So you gave it a C minus. I'm giving it a D minus. No, I'm sorry. I keep thinking about it. I'm giving it a solid D. Solid D. All right. Because I forgot about it. <laughs> but once I reminded you, you were like, "Oh yeah, that stuff is fun." Yeah, but will I remember it tomorrow? Probably not. But that's good because then we can experience it again. Because I feel like this will be a movie that I'll I'll probably. Like, if I was going to watch any movie, one to three, I'd probably watch three at this point. Oh, for sure, yeah. Even though I kind of consider, like like I said, like the actual characters in this one are some of my least favorite. The final girl, I like her enough. Um, but everybody else, like I said, I don't like the bikers. I don't like I just, Shelly. I don't like... I just think that's a weird stipulation you're putting on it. What? If I had to watch one through three, there's 11 of them. Yeah. You are never going to be in a situation where it's like, oh, I can only watch one, two, or three. <laughs> I, I, I okay. Well, let me phrase it this way: If I if I had my choice of one to three, okay, there you go. Yeah, I think that's an odd thing to be semantical about. But moving on, what do we watch next? The final chapter, the I, last Friday the Thirteenth movie I keep they ever to, made. I keep wanting to call it the Final Friday, but. <laughs> I always forget that there are two Friday the 13th movies with the word final in it. Yeah. And uh, they've never tried to posthumously fix it or change it. Anyway, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Let's see, what do we got? All right. Friday the 13th, part four. No plot, no problem. Just have that little freak Crispin Glover jump in and do his weird little thing. Throw in a Jason here and there. And oh, what's this? Little Corey Feldman is in this mix too? Well, now you've got a motion picture on your hands. This one is fun, finally. Honestly, seriously, skip one to three. Unless you watch three in 3D. Jump right into four. Six out of ten. Yeah, you should jump right into four. Three is... I think three is, yeah, definitely, like... Uh, definitely not a good movie. Um, it's in the past. We're not talking about it anymore. Chris, what's your experience with four? Well, I was just going to say, like, it reminds me of something like this movie, Society. It's the one that's like a Cronenberg ripoff with just, you know, one of those things that like horror hounds love, but it is a very bad movie. Mm -hmm. You really only watch it because like the hook is that like the main character is like, something weird's going on around here. And it's that his dad and all the rich people in town are like weird, like 
maybe aliens, maybe demons, but they fuck and, like, incestuous become a giant amalgam of disgusting grossness, and you watch it for that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, <coughs> with part three, I'm equating that weirdness to this weird, that weird Jason that's a silly, like, he almost like like something like a Ninja Turtle or like a Toxic Avenger. Like he just seems like, yeah, he looks like Sloth. Yeah, yeah, so weird. But anyways, part four, um, this one, my history. It is pretty much always been my favorite Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, um, and I think that pretty much sums it up. I've always thought that this one um, had something. I think the first three are lacking, mm-hmm. and that's characters <laughs> yeah how about you got any uh, a relationship to this thing my history with this is like a lot of these i watched it two days ago yeah uh chris's movie's a blast and a half <laughs> yeah. it's a real treat and yeah. i highly recommend to recommend it to anybody yeah i don't know if you have to watch the first three and hate them first yeah um but i just think right off the rip this movie's great yeah. it starts with the counselors in two telling the ghost story yeah. of jason while showing you clips from the other movies. Mm-hmm. And then it just hard opens on a bunch of police bagging up teenagers. Mm. And at first, I didn't connect that this is the end of the last movie from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what a beat-ass way to start a Friday the 13th movie is a bunch of cops bagging up a bunch of teenagers <laughs> at a camp. Like, hey, we're just here already. Yeah. Um, and my favorite thing about this movie is you said it to me before we watched it. The letter said it. There is no plot to this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, a bunch of people are just kind of doing their own thing. And yeah. then Jason Voorhees shows up. Yeah. And I fucking love it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I think that the recap works here. Okay. Because they do uh, just a decent job of... Well, first of all, one of the things that, like... The, the recaps never bothered me because that's something that just, like, old horror movies from, like, the Golden Age just always did. Mm-hmm. It was a necessity of the time and probably be, you know, the person who's now watching Frankenstein 2 hasn't seen Frankenstein 1 since yeah. two or three years ago when it, it was in theater. Like, you needed a little refresher. Yeah. Like, even the screenwriters don't remember that movie well enough to you know maintain continuity the general audience isn't gonna either but anyways um so it just reminds me of that um but also i think this one works especially well because um you have more than one movie to catch people up on and uh i like the backdrop of like the counselor telling the story and then they just kind of cut to like iconic shots from the first three that everybody knows and everybody's seen um like the you know like uh Christy seeing Pamela where he's going like, oh, hey, what are you doing out here? Oh, or the, you know, the arrow in the neck of Kevin Bacon. But anyways, uh, then we start with kind of like shitty, like right off the bat, I like that. Like, sometimes this movie will remind me of other movies, but be worse. Like it does like uh, Halloween 2, but worse for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just a couple of horny uh, mortician and a nurse or whatever. To be fair, there's a horny mortician and a normal nurse. <laughs> and they're just, uh, you know, hanging around. The mortician's just, uh, you know, being vulgar and watching workout tapes because he's horny. Yeah, and I'm like, this guy sucks. I hope he's the only person in this movie that's like this. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> and uh, he's also eating in that room. He's eating while watching the weird sex workout tape in Next a room full of dead, dead bodies. People. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so already I feel like this one has another leg up on the rest of the movies that it's got just little things like that that are like funny but aren't totally played for like an overt laugh. Like it's not like the Benny Hill theme songs playing behind him like running around like like knocking over dead bodies while he's eating chili dogs. And But anyways, um, that's just funny that he's eating in there to me. Uh, they try to have sex. Jason's hand. Jason tries to cap a feel. He really basically, do. For the second time in this movie. The first he's, time. He's been awake for 20 minutes. Yeah. And he's just like, I bet you I could, <laughs> I could slip under this blanket I'm under. Um, but one of the first things in this movie that uh, catches my eyes is I'm not, you know, I, I totally, I think we mentioned it in the first episode. I definitely talked to you about it beforehand. I'm not like super big on the like, oh, the best Jason kills. Like Jason's so badass. Feels a little too Spike TV. But I actually really do like Tom Savini's effects for the mortician death where he, Saws the guy in the head and then twists his head. I think yeah. it's really a good effect because, like, you see it and you're like, "Oh God, that's gruesome." Yeah, and it's something I don't know if we've talked about it in the other ones, but this is around oh, this time. Back. What? Tom Savini's back, but it was. Cool. Oh yeah, Tom Savini's back. Yeah. Airhorn. Um, wow, 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 wow. Uh, around this time, the MPAA was really cracking down on movies, so a lot of these big elaborate Tom Savini effects got just chopped and screwed. So they're all extremely short. Mm. And I personally think that works really well. Yeah. Because um, I feel like the like, longer you get to look at it, the more you're like, oh, I see how they did it. Or yeah, like, yeah, just the just the quick guy's head snapping around mm-hmm. and then gone. It's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, um, it's a, a trick that they do. I don't know if this actually relates. I just immediately thought about it. It's a trick that they do in like, um, what are those called? Movies. Um, <laughs> if like somebody gets punched or like their head gets like slammed into a wall yeah if you just cut out one frame in the middle of it yeah it happens a little bit too fast for you for your mind to yeah understand and you just go oh fuck yeah like uh and so that's how i feel yeah the, these effects have the same effect on me yeah yeah i think that's a good comparison I should also uh tack on to the tom savini bit i we might have mentioned in the first episode tom savini did not want to do two or three love it um because him as well as some other people who were initially involved like victor miller were like well this is a really bad idea (laughs) to bring in adult jason um seems like an odd hill to die on when you're operating in the like horror genre specifically like that side of the horror genre where like things are campy and they don't really have that good of continuity like but whatever Uh, and like no disrespect to the special effects guys or anything like that but that seems like one of the last positions next to like a boom mic operator yeah who on a movie would be like this script doesn't make sense yeah i'm not working on this or also like i'd rather keep my integrity thank you yeah um as long as the head squish good you're doing your job man. yeah so anyways uh jason is just on his way back to camp crystal lake um this movie also doesn't really touch on that not counselors anymore yeah just on Crystal Lake. Yeah, just kids hanging on at a cabin. Yeah, yeah. Another jump in the continuity to a degree, because again, his thing is that I want revenge on counselors. But I guess even the third one, because they're not counselors, they're just vacationing. So at this point, yeah. Jason just be killing folk. He just be killing people at his lake. Yeah, he's just a monster of the woods at this point, which I love. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, we have a group of teens. Um. With that Crispin Glover's group, like his friend group, his yes. social circle. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Here, let me explain. Let me, because I remember these counselors. <laughs> I remember these. These kids. are not counselors, yeah. Yeah. 
these teenies. There is Crispin Glover, yeah. pre Back to the Future. Yeah. He's upset because he just broke up with a girl mm-hmm. and his friend, who is the what I'm guessing is the son of the mortician. <laughs> goes, She broke up with you because you fuck bad. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, I don't fuck bad. He calls him a dead fuck. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I, I don't fuck bad. And he goes, Oh, you fuck bad. Yeah. And that's those two. Yeah. And then there's the rest of them. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And then two twins show up later, but we'll get yeah. there. Um, and then on the other side, well, it's just like there's just these two houses very close together. They're neighbors. Um, the other house is a recently divorced mother, her teenage daughter, and then a little Corey Feldman. Who I love. Yeah. I think he's great. <clears throat> he likes video games. He likes monster mouse, uh, masks. And he also is getting a little curious. Yeah, I think Corey Feldman's performance is great in this because Tommy, is that his name? Yep. Tommy is what? Eight. Nine, ten, Nine. somewhere around there. Yeah, he's at that age where he's just, just. We've all been there, Chris. We've all, every last one of us has been a ten-year-old boy, just so unbelievably horny, has absolutely no outlet for it. <laughs> so he's just doing weird shit night and day. He's yeah. like, um, I make masks. Yeah, I make Halloween masks yeah. in my free time, or like even even to the point when he's like, he can see the girl changing through the window. Yeah, and he's just like. Bucking like a wild horse into his pillow. Bucking like a wild (laughs) horse, yeah, on his bed. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so you've covered a lot of ground with the Crispin Glover thing. Uh, His little buddy types all the data, and the computer tells him he's a dead fuck. Weird turn of phrase. Dead fuck, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I I bet it was a bit in the screenplay that was trying to be a little funny because, like, oh, dead fuck because he's going to die later. Dead. Could be. You know, whatever, but, like, it's not. Funny, funny it's, yeah. yeah. It's just a weird thing I've never heard anyone say. The only funny thing about this movie is the way Crispin Glover talks sometimes. Oh yeah, it's very funny. Um, they pass Pamela Voorhees' tombstone. A hitchhiker who's eating a banana gets stabbed in the neck. It's always been gross to me. It is. Um, just the way she eats the banana, the way she drops the banana, the way the banana comes out of her mouth. Just yeah, this the, scene would be a lot less grotesque if there was no banana. Yeah. Also, a movie could do without that bit. I just don't think it needed it. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's his step on his journey to get in there. Whatever. Who cares? Not us. That's who. Yeah. Uh, the family, what can you say? The teenage girl doesn't seem to have much going on. The mom <laughs> likes to jog. And also they have a dog named Gordon. I know the dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> I like the dog and Corey. And uh, what's Crispin's name? Crispin is... Um, is it Jimmy? No, it is. His name is his friend's name is Teddy, and his name is Willie. Stephen, Michael. That's um, my middle name. Crispin Glover as Jimmy. Jimmy, cool. Yeah, that's close to Willie. Yeah, it's also the name I said initially. <laughs> cool. Anyway. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, Jimmy and Teddy Boy. Uh, yeah, you're right. You mentioned it earlier. They go out on a jog. It's played for laughs, I think, intentionally, that Crispin Glover's like, oh, I'd just like to meet someone new. Hard cut to two twins showing up. Yes, and I I know this is where you're getting. Um, I know where did where, they find these twins? Where did they find these twins? No, I, I love that they're walking through the woods, and they come upon these on the, uh, the same trail. These uh, twins ride their bikes toward them and stop go hey guys what's up and they're like ah we're just going to camp crystal lake and they go oh we're going there too 
it's this yeah. way and they point behind themselves yeah. very funny um they jog for a little bit they go home that night they have a party they all drink one of the no, guys no, no, no. they jog for a bit uh come yeah. upon a lake uh-huh. and i'll go no they 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 get in and uh the, the twins go christian glover willie jimmy get in yeah. and he goes no we don't have our suits yeah and they just get naked yeah. and then i and christian glover's like oh i guess we're getting naked and like they get naked and they get in there and who comes out of the woods but gordon and Corey feltman yeah. and he's just like look at those patooties or just whatever. with his eyes bucking like a wild horse like <laughs> <laughs> his sister tells him to avert thine eyes and the, those them in the lake go hey sister get in yeah uh, they go back up to the car. The car had troubles. Then out wanders uh, the brother. His name is Rob Dyer. He is in the woods because he's hunting Jason. His sister has been murdered in another movie. We don't find it out now, but later, uh, both Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman finds it, but I think he does an exposition dump and tells Corey Feldman's older sister. He's got all kinds of maps and like you know news clippings of Jason and stuff. He's been doing his research. He's kind of like a Van Helsing, if like uh, the movie Van was, was dumb. No, I mean, like, if, if 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 in Dracula, everybody was just dealing with Dracula, and then for a second they bumped into Van Helsing, and he was like, look at all these books and shit I got on Dracula. Anyways, I got to go find Dracula. And then he was just <laughs> not in the movie for the rest of it. Um, yeah, there's a couple of weird things that happened. Actually, like, I would have preferred that. I think this guy should not be in as much of this movie as he is. Yeah. And there's that weird, weird B-plot where him and the sister are like, Almost gonna love. f yeah yeah and they like i think they kiss at one point yeah. and he like walks her home or whatever yeah and it's so strange it's like oh mom and dad how did you guys meet oh my car broke down and yeah. your dad came walking out of the woods it's so so strange i'm also gonna note another odd thing jason does in this movie he i get it it makes sense strategically do i think that boy beast jason can make sense of it entirely i don't know it just seems a lot of character but he smashes up that guy's gun and all of his maps and stuff yeah yeah odd yeah it seems a weird weird for him to be like i'm gonna sabotage this guy yeah instead of like i'm gonna sit in this tent on top of this gun and wait for him to come back and stab because i know he's gonna want this gun <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah the kids are drinking and partying there's a thing where like the kid who looks like an off-brand beastie boy is gonna fuck one of the twins even though he has a girlfriend and she yeah that's i'd like to talk about that too for some reason um, yeah seems uh, like a yeah one of the twins keeps because the twins are like the way that the the high school party of it all is set up is the twins are supposed to be there for crispin glover and teddy yeah although that's with teddy because teddy's a little monster yeah is like i want to go fuck beastie boy yeah. and like she's like will you teach me how to slow dance while he's slow dancing with his girlfriend and he just goes yeah I will for no reason cheat on my girlfriend right in front of her. Sure, yeah. let's do this. Yeah, um, it's a very bold move. It's insane. It's a very disrespectful move. And, but before that, I'd like to point out that Teddy is sitting there with the girl on the couch with the teddy bear. And he goes, "This is called a teddy bear." It's like, yeah, we know. He's Mansplaining. Like, do you want to give Teddy a kiss? And she's like, "Uh," and he like the hardest I've ever seen anyone try to kiss someone before. Like, very forceful, like, pecking at her face. Yeah. And she's like, I'm gonna go. And she gets up and walks away, and he goes, and punches the teddy bear. He bucks like a wild horse with his fist. Um, I hate him, is what I'm getting at. This guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, Another thing worth mentioning is uh, the Crispin Glover dance. 
Everybody oh, yes. should be familiar with this. If you're not, you can go look it up. Google Google uh, Crispin Glover dance. Um, my favorite thing about this is it is not scripted. This is just how Crispin Glover has been, quote unquote, dancing around town at clubs and things. <laughs> uh, great. Fantastic. Uh, we watched that two minute long little special feature where um, I believe it's the director is talking about Joe Zito I think his name is uh, Z-I-T-O I think that's yeah, how you Joe say it, but, uh, yeah but uh, he, he basically says uh, yeah we, we lost the first take because nobody could keep a straight face once <laughs> no one knows how to react to that <laughs> yeah Crispin started doing that um, but yeah so the girlfriend who is being humiliated in front of all her friends by the person she trusts most in life <laughs> Uh, goes to do something we've seen happen two times now? I think so, yeah. Maybe two at least. Maybe three. Yeah. I think this is the second. It's not going to be the last. A woman alone at night decides this is a good time for me to go for a walk. And by that, I'm really trying to say I'm going to go take off all my clothes and swim naked in the very cold lake at night alone. Yeah. Very odd. I, as a man, wouldn't do that during the day. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So she does that. She goes out to the uh, boat. I want to ask you about this. How do you feel about uh, Jason just like lurking in the lake and then coming out and grabbing her kind of a thing? That seems to imply more than just boy beast. He just breathed underwater. He just he water beast. He's underwater for a long time. He water boy beast. Yeah, I'm fine yeah. with that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Spooky? Or, spooky. Or, you know, I'd like to imagine he's mm-hmm. on the other side of the lake. And he sees her. He's like this with his hand over his eyes. Yeah. And he sees her get in the boat. And then he gets in the water half a mile away from her. Yeah. And he gets under there. And he's like a little torpedo under there and just shoots <laughs> straight over to her. And yeah. then he gets up and over. It seems like what I'd always imagined in my head, because there are going to be some movies later on where he spends prolonged periods in the lake. He'll just kind of like walk into the lake. And I just imagined him walking along the lake floor, but he can breathe underwater or something or doesn't necessarily need to breathe. That's yeah, creepy, almost like It Follows level yeah. of creepy, where it's just like, oh my god, he's under there. Oh my god, he's coming over here. Oh no. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> I think he... We, I'm sure we'll get to it more later. Yeah. But I think now, like, you can pretty much definitively say, because, like, just such a weird part of all these movies is he comes back in two. Mm. And you don't... You get no explanation for that ever. Yeah. Like, did he not drown? Did he... Is he a beast? Like, (laughs) did he not drown and have been living in the forest for all these years or whatever? Yeah. I think it's safe to say at this point, Jason Voorhees drowned-ish in that lake and became a lake monster. Yeah. Like, that's just what he is. He's a lake monster. Yeah. Full stop. So that's why he could sit under that boat, or like you said, just stand at the bottom of the yeah. lake, which I like. I like to picture that. That's fine. Yeah. Um. So, mom is gone over at Corey Feldman house for a while. They can't find her. Um. No, she goes for a run. Yeah. Comes back. It's raining. Yeah. All the lights are off. Yeah. She die. Yeah. Then they can't find. Yeah. Um. Sorry, she gets she dies by Jason. She doesn't just yeah have any aneurysm. Also, she dies off screen. She's one of the only deaths that happens off screen. Her and the other twin, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because they they do the no. shadow on the. No, I really like it. They do the shadow, and then it cuts back to them inside watching the silent film. Yeah. And someone in the silent film says help, and it like is written out because it's silent. It's written out and says help, and then it 
hard cuts to that shot outside the window again and she gets impaled onto the side mm-hmm. of the house. It's great. Um, but anyways, long story short, yeah, Corey Feldman and like the, the her, his older her older sister are in the house. This might happen after the house full of teens have already been murdered, but we'll get there in a second. Um, or perhaps we'll just cover that part. Um, they get murdered... A couple of them are in the shower. Jason smushes a head, kills a lady. Um, Actually, no. I think right before that, Beastie Boys boy. Yeah. Oh, he goes out to the boat. Because he has a, a, a not heart. so sudden change of heart. Yeah. yeah. He's like, wait a second. What am I doing? I can't do this to her. And then yeah. We have to drive back together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also gets murdered uh, out there. How does he get murdered? Do you remember? I do. Do you? No. He comes... Uh, he sees her dead and goes, oh, and goes and swims over back to the dock. Yeah. And starts to get up. And Jason comes out with, I think, a harpoon. Oh, and harpoons, harpoons him in, the in the wiener. Yeah. And then lifts him up. And it seems like he starts sliding down the harpoon through his new wiener hole. Ouch. Sucks. That does suck. Then we're back to Party House. Yeah. They get killed in the shower. Jason smush ahead. Jason smush ahead. Yeah. Yeah. One guy, the guy gets killed in the shower. Yeah. Head of smush. Um, Twin, we'll call Twin A, is upstairs with Crispin Glover, mm-hmm. who, through a weird series of events, Mick, Mickey, who's Mickey? Teddy was with Twin A. They get into a fight in the kitchen. Crispin Glover says some dumb shit like, well, you got the hot one anyway. Oh, yeah, and he's got his hand in his pee hole. Yeah, yeah, because he goes, and you're a dead fuck. One of my favorite Christopher Lover yes. cover lines, he's like, he thinks this is funny. He thinks this is funny what he's doing. <laughs> so That's funny, great. Yeah. And then, so, Twin A goes, I don't want no Teddy. Yeah. I want Beastie Boy. Beastie Boy goes, nah, I gotta go talk to my girlfriend, sorry, and leaves. And so then Twin A goes, Christmas Glover. Yeah. You are, by default, She's the last man here. Horny as all hell. Oh, yeah. Her sister wants to be home yeah and so, so they go upstairs yeah. and yeah. teddy goes twin b you want to smooch and she goes no i want to go home yeah i'd rather get stabbed than talk to you yeah and so she, she does. gets stabbed yeah gets what she wants but anyways uh twin a does reassure crispin glover that he's good at sex um and he's like oh boy yeah oh, he I does do. also get murdered though Another scene that's intentionally you know, it's supposed to be a little funny. He's like, hey, Ted, where's the corkscrew? Come on, where's the corkscrew? Yeah, I, I, this is probably my favorite part of the movie. Like, not this is my favorite scene. Yeah. But, like, my favorite aspect of the movie is he he, he does he does the do with Twin A. Mm-hmm. Twin A goes, let's do B. Like, again. Let's do it again. Let's yeah, do it again. Part two. Now, let's do this Friday the 13th part two. And he goes, cool, give me one second. Or she goes into the bathroom or something like that. And he goes downstairs to uh, Teddy, who has been watching a silent film for about 30 minutes. And just laughing point. hysterically at yeah, every the whole frame. Thing. Every frame. And he goes, hey, man, checkmate, or is this a dead fuck to you? And hands her, hands him the girl's underwear. And it's like, all right, that's a little skeevy 80s thing to do, but I get it. It's kind of funny. And then Teddy just, like, reads this girl's underwear like it's a newspaper, <laughs> and I hate it. Um and Crispin Glover gets up and because he's trying to open some wine to bring to her or to have with Teddy. I can't remember. It's not important. But he can't find the bottle opener. And he goes, Ted, where's the wine opener? And then, like you said, from off screen, Jason comes in and stabs him in the hand with the wine opener. And I go, whoa, I forgot 
that this was a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> Every time we cut back, to, I was so invested in Crispin Glover yeah. and his journey of not being a dead fuck that when he gets stabbed, I was like, oh, right, this is the same movie. And I don't know how, but just this movie with there's with no plot, with all these kids just being kids, I got very invested in Crispin Glover. Yeah. And I was very upset when he died. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I feel like I do that backtracking because I feel like it's about that time where they... There's a certain point where he she figures... I'm talking Crispin, or not Crispin Glover, Corey Feldman's older sister figures something's up. And it has to be before she goes over to that house because they're together when they go into that house. Yeah. But she goes out into the rain somehow, I guess because of true love, instinctively knows where he's camped. No, I think she's looking for mom and runs into his tent. Okay. Um, but anyways, they find each other and he, she's like, hey, something's going on. Um, so he comes back to camp. Uh, we're not camp. I keep calling it camp. Their house. They live there. They live in that big log cabin. Um, and they decide to go check out the uh, the house uh, across the street. Um, should we mention here all the shattering glass? I think this is where it starts. So, yeah, it's not a yeah, bad idea. Yeah, I think there was some in the shower, right? Yes. What was the first one that gets shattered? I think it's shower. Shower is the first shatter? I think so. I know that dog dog Gordon jumps through window. I think dog Gordon jumps through two windows. He's a smart dog. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but Jason does throw at least one body, if not two bodies through windows. He also jumps through at least one window to grab Corey Feldman, maybe even a second window at some point. Yes. He, no, it's twin a after twin B is already dead. He grabs her out of the window and in one fluid motion pulls her through the window. He's on the second floor. Throws her onto a car that's obviously on the Oh, yeah, the car breaks. And the car explodes into glass. Yeah, a bunch of glass breaks when she throws them out of that. Um, Then also our heroine will later jump through another window. Altogether, I counted about seven or eight um, glass breaks. And a half because we couldn't figure out if the yeah. TV counted. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The 8 is is definitely uh, the point where the heroine smashes uh, his head with a, a TV. It's made of glass. If you want to count it, you can count it. But anyways, they go investigate the house. They find all the bodies. They go into the basement. Jason fights Rob. Um, doesn't do very well. I should also mention that it seems like Jason grabbed his ankle from underneath the floorboard of the, the, stairs, of the yep. staircase. Um, something he does again to her, I think, when she tries to leave. Yeah, with, uh, 15 seconds later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, fool me once. Can't get fooled again. <laughs> anyway, she heads back over to her house, nails up her doors, telling Corey, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, Corey's been studying. He's been looking at the Van Helsing papers. Also... Uh, something I love that we missed before they go over to the other house. Corey Feldman is at home alone and hears someone at the door and the glass breaks on the door and a hand comes in and unlocks it. And it turns out to be the sister in the uh, woods, man. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, blah, this and that. Okay. Lock all the doors. We're going to go across the street. Do not leave this house no matter what. And it's like, Hey, lock all these doors, including the one that I just broke open to get into here. <laughs> so, that door is useless. Chris is on his phone. We will wait until he's done. Okay. I was looking at a work re- email. Oh, sure. But yes, I guess that, that that glass break also counts. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. I kind of forgot about that. I don't know if I counted it in my initial count. So that's a hard eight. Yeah. A hateful eight. Um, 
anyways, uh, yes. So they're in the house now. We get, we mentioned it already. Jason throws an entire body through a big ass window. I thought it was him at first. Yeah. And I, either way, I, very funny. I love that so much more. It's yeah. Just in one of these movies, movies, Jason just throws his entire body through. Yeah. Just sideways through a window. Oh, I'd love it. I think before they get back to the house, don't doesn't she like open a house over at party house and crispin glover is like nailed to the doorway and mm-hmm. then when jason's coming after it he just yanks the body down. yeah he goes off oh, hoisted by my own petard and like yeah. knocks him out and what grosses me out is the tom savini effect where his hand just splits in half for the nail like they just yeah. cut to it for a split second but it's really gross anyways after jason throws a body through that window the window next to that that window uh he breaks in and grabs Corey Feldman. Another thing that's hard to look at is uh, she just gets a hammer and just starts slamming Jason's oh, head. I know he's sorry. the bad guy. It sucks. But yeah. it's also one of those things where it's like, that's still a hammer to the head and it still is just like, oh God, you know? Yeah, she's just bonking him over and over and over. over and, and it over doesn't over get him until she turns it around and hits him with the hook side mm-hmm. right in the neck. He lets go. They run upstairs, I believe. Try to barricade Corey Feldman's door. Uh, but not uh, you know, not enough so that he can't axe the door down. Uh, that's the point where she smashes his head with the with the the, the TV. Um, she tells Corey Feldman to run like hell once they get past Jason. So they're trying to sneak past Jason all nice and slow while he's asleep on the floor. But then he wakes up and he grabs the sister. And then he can't decide like, oh, do I go for the sister? Do I go for Corey Feldman? Oh, I'm going for the sister. So now they're doing a bit of a Benny Hill chase. And uh, Corey Feldman spends the next like 15, 20 minutes shaving his head bald poorly in the bathroom because i guess at this point i mean as a viewer you're watching the first first time there's no way in hell you know what he's about to do <laughs> there's yeah, yeah. no way in hell that you're you're, you're able to figure what cory feldman's up to um i still can't understand how you know what i mean i you know it's one of those things where like i like that like the gimmick with how most of these movies work at the end is that they've outsmarted jason not very hard to do i feel like but yeah. they always go to very extravagant extravagant and bizarre lengths to do it <laughs> um but anyways they run around for a little while i this part the only thing i can remember is like to get to, was it to get to the house initially that she jumped out of the window in the teen house or does she run all the way back over to teen house before coming back in a second time kind of a thing like after Corey feldman is now in the bathroom shaving his head where are they running around? Do they I, just run around to the, the main uh, yeah, floor? Yeah, I don't know. I, know that I, yeah. I really don't know. Either way, this has been the most memorable chase so far because look at all these things that I still remember about it compared to all the other ones. Um, either way, Corey Feldman comes downstairs, shaved up head, and he's like, hey, Jason, remember. Remember, Jason. Jason, remember. Yeah, I look like a you. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a couple more things happen. But basically, he's able to machete Jason in the head, and then Jason falls on top of it, slicing up his brains. And it's also a thing that's hard to kind of look at. I mean, uh-huh. it's like 80s, and it looks... It's probably the more one of the more fake-looking ones. But it's still a sliced-up brain, and that it's, is always... Yeah. Always like kind the, of a, the, the head's like animatronics, but the eyebrows are moving while it's like sliding yeah. the, the, the knife and stuff. Yeah. It's weird, yeah. Yeah. And then... She wakes up in hospital, which... No. Oh. Corey Feldman. Oh yeah, goes starts button. bucking like a wild horse, but with that machete on. He Jason. goes bonkers. Yeah, yeah he, he does goes go bonkers. bonkers. Uh, this movie sets up the oh shit, is this gonna be the next Jason? Um, predating beating Michael Myers to the punch by a couple of years here. Um, and yeah, the movie ends as is 
you know, tradition. I think two out of the three movies preceding this have ended with uh, our final girl waking up in the hospital. Yeah. And uh, we get that. And, yeah. And uh, Corey Feldman wanders in, gives her a hug, and then one last creepy stare into the camera. And that's Friday the 13th Part 4, the, left, the, the final Friday, the final chapter. What um, do you give it? And also closing statements. Is there anything you want to reiterate or, or, or sum up, put a nice bow on? No, not really. I think, no? we, I think we nailed it. Yeah, if only this one was 3D. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I wouldn't even have to bother with Part 3. I'd just be like, this is it. Quintessential 80s. There's Crispin Glover. There's Corey Feldman. And it's in 3D. This is a must-see of the 80s. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but sadly, it's only in two dimensions. And for that, I dock it. I'm going to give it a C plus. Really? I was going to give it a C. Yeah, I nice. think I was going to give it a straight ass C. I've almost, Chris? What? Almost gave it a B. But I was wow. Like, yeah, I thought about I that too. I was I like, B for B movie. No, but yeah. Yeah. This movie series, I swear to God, is probably only going to hit a high of C one more time. Well, that's exciting. Who knows? I may be putting my foot in my mouth, though, because part seven, he does fight Carrie. Uh, which was initially because at that point Sean Cunningham reached out to New Line Cinema and Wes Craven and was like, hey, we got to make these monsters mash. And they said, nah. That's a good, Chris, that's a good joke. Yeah. Uh, nah, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. And uh, so he goes, okay, fine. Well, we need something for him to do. It'll be a graveyard smash, guys. Come <laughs> on. And also a smash at the Mox office. Um, apparently, um, Nightmare on Elm Street was just making fucking bank. I buy that, yeah. Yeah. It was also huge. I mean, they had a TV show. They had, like, a hotline where you could call and fight Freddy at trivia and stuff. They had, think that's still up? Think that's still going? Uh, you want to try t- type in Freddy Krueger trivia hotline? <laughs> do, do, do. But anyways, apparently he was has been down this whole time. You didn't tell me? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I feel like i got to give this movie a C. Um... If I had to justify it, I feel like this one is the one that feels like it has the most of that, um, like, the 80s film-making thing we're always talking about. Just, like, a little bit of that dust was sprinkled on this one. I'm not saying this is a even close to a masterpiece, but, like, this one just has a little bit more of, like, I don't know, it's actually almost a movie. <laughs> Whereas the other three are kind of not, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's enjoyable as a relic of its time. Um, yeah, I think this one is... It's easy to watch this one and imagine you're in a theater full of teenagers on, on op- opening night in, in 1984 or 83. Uh, yeah, 84. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Oh, there's two numbers. Hold on. 1-900... Eight six zero for Fred. That's a lot of numbers. Welcome to Verizon. Okay, well. Hey. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, to backtrack a little bit, something I forgot to ask you at the end of part three. Part three. How's Jason's drip? Part three. Yeah. Best it's uh, best it's been so far as a yeah. part three. I like his creature design, like under the mask and shit. Um, I like his imposing when he's got the mask on. He's got like almost like a hunchback thing to him. He's like yeah. walking like with kind of like a big old lump on the left side of his neck. Um, yeah, I 
like it. There's something about like I, I understand that the idea is that um he just took those clothes off the clothesline. They're uh-huh. a little too crisp. It reminds me of like you know like the best thing I compare it to is that it's like uh return of Michael Myers mask. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this is right, but it's just something it you know. Did you send this to the dry cleaner or something? Exactly, this thing yeah. looks a little too but anyways. Um, how about uh, vibes for the third one? Vibes? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you like them, or would you try to describe them? You know, like like I said, my description happened earlier. It just seems like uh, it's yeah, it's just got that vibe of like um, B horror movie from the '60s that's just shot in a well-trodden California desert area where they shoot westerns, action movies, and you know uh creature from another planet movies like it's just got this weird it's got like a to me more than the rest of these it's got like a 70s 80s porno vibe to me yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> is that the one where the guy's doing the handstand and jason chops him in the dick it might be yeah 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 uh you know we might as well just do this with three and four included um how's your ranking overall so far so far we had part two in the number one slot and part one at the bottom where are, you, where are you putting three and four? Uh, four number one. Okay. Three is number three. So three it is goes number three. four, two, three, one. Okay. And uh, why part two over part three? Just curious. No, I just I remember liking it more. Yeah. Um, and I remember it. Okay. If three wasn't three D, I think it would feel probably worse about it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> For my ranking so far. I'd probably have to go part four, uh, part I guess, I don't know, I had a lot of fun with the 3D and also the very goofy Jason who takes his mask off and smiles at her just to let her know, hey, I was the guy who tickled the early. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Put it at number two then. Uh, but I, I do think part two is probably slightly better. Fuck. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to... At this point, I'm just in descending order. Four, three, two, one. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah. Get better as they go. Yeah. Um, favorite character in the third one? Um, probably just going with our final girl, Caress. That's probably it. You know what? You know what? I'm going to cheat and say Jason. I was, that's so exactly fucking, what I was going to say. That's why I said all right. I'm going to go with so Jason. so fucking funny in that one. <laughs> God, I know it's a dream at the end, but it's still so fucking funny still to me. Still just a little stinker in it, yeah. yeah. Speaking of, how bad he'd be stinking? Um, this is pro- He probably smells the best in this one. Yeah, he doesn't he's, look that stinky. He's changed his clothes. They're nice and clean. Yeah. He's in and out of the water quite often. Yeah. So I'm going to say, say not that stinky. He's got a musk for sure, but no, he's not that bad. Yeah. Favorite scare in that one? In three? Yeah. Um... I'm going to say, even though it's not, like, it looks like shit, but the idea of someone smushing your head so hard that your eyeballs pop out is probably where I'm going with it. I'm going to say Jason's mom coming out of the lake. Yeah? Yeah, because did not see that coming. I uh, still don't get it. <laughs> There's no way she would know. <laughs> and how's her head back? Because uh, like, it was a dream, but also, our final girl don't know nothing about no Jason mom. Yeah. She, he doesn't know what she looks like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just in general, best scene, worst scene. Best scene, um, in Friday the 13th, 
part three is when the harpoon comes at the camera. Worst scene yeah. is when um, curly-headed man is there ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying best for sure has got to be the dream sequence with, with Jason. Warren. You got me. No, that's yeah. the best. When he's looking yeah. through the window, that's for sure the yeah. best. We're seeing him with the uh, uh, around the tree. Oh, really? I was going to put that as an honorable mention for best. Worst is probably almost anything to do with the bikers. Um, them at the that, general yeah. store. Take your pick. Just them in the barn, them siphoning gas. No, you know what? Even worse than that is just the knockoff Cheech and Chong couple. Yeah, they Hey, suck. the van's burning. Uh, him having to go take a dump and smoking a joint on the shitter. Yeah, those things really tank the movie for me but i do like i said the thing that just fucking almost like love lifting us up where we belong jason Voorhees as, as a goofy 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 fucking just goober is so funny to me i love it yeah <laughs> wanna, it's pretty good i want to just watch those two scenes again right now um but let's yeah this is a great way to do it just have them back to back here we go how about uh part four how's the drip uh, worse than three. Yeah, you don't like it's it as the much? fingernails. I hate them. Yeah. They get you a lot of close-ups on his what look like tree bark fingernails that yeah. are way too long. Yeah, hate it. Grosses me out. Yeah, it's bad drip. Makes drip me feel like he awesome. might be stanking more. Oh, we'll get there. Okay, uh, vibes of this one. Uh, I think we've already uh, you know gone over it a little bit, but I'm just gonna reiterate my opinion. Uh, yeah, this one just has like like the thick eighty vibes, eighties mm. vibes. Like mm-hmm. this one seems like. You know, like in my head, if I was in the horror section of, of, uh, of, of uh, blockbusters in 1985, it'd be like, hey, I don't know when Gremlins came out, but it'd be like Gremlins, <laughs> you know, Friday the 13th Part Four. You know, they give it, it just feels yeah. like at home with like, yeah, okay, like you, everybody you're... like boys got, some guys got a uh, got sweaters tied around their neck like a cape, yeah. little boy shorts. Everyone's got the thick socks on. Yeah, and um, you just you can't see, see a movie with Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman. And oh that. yeah, and like that just makes it so eighties. Oh yeah, that makes it so eighties. Oh yeah. Ranking overall, you're putting four at the top. You said yes. So we've already covered that. I've also got four at the top. Um, favorite character, I think it's obvious. We both love Crispin Glover. Yes, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um, you, you seem like you had more to say about Jason Stink. You said, "Oh, we'll get there." <laughs> Oh, he's stinky. Yeah, he's stinky. He's been running around for a while. He was in a morgue for he a bit. He also seems to he have was been legally dead, dead for, for a little bit. bit. Yeah. yeah, so I think he's got to be stinking. Yeah. Uh, favorite scare in this one? Favorite scare, um, it might be... I'm going with the corkscrew. I was going to say corkscrew yeah. because I forgot that Jason was in that movie at that point, and then it got me. <laughs> I will give an honorable mention. It's not really a scare. It's more of a kill. With the lightning flash of the girl getting stabbed, I thought that was neat. Yeah, that was good. That was a good little shot. Yeah. Um, worst, I think we've already also discussed this, Banana Lady. But yeah, Banana Lady. Banana Lady. Just yucky. Yeah, just yucky. Well, do you have any closing thoughts so far about Friday the 13th? Uh, did this one at least, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like it. Based on the conversation we had in the beginning, you still you still dreading? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited for Jason X. Because I think I'll have fun with that one. Yeah. Um, this one was a nice four was a nice surprise, uh, but hearing you say it doesn't get much better or at all, um, really took the wind out of my sails. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. What about you? Um, very excited for the next three. 
Yeah. Very excited, yeah. Um, five, I have not seen in a long time, um, but this is the one that uh, gets a lot of uh, comparisons to to being a bit Lynchian in like the Twin Peaks sense. Um, more so in just like the way that characters speak and behave and how just kind of like over the top they are kind of a thing like caricature E and stuff. Uh, and also, um, yeah, as I mentioned, I, I can't remember the director's name, but he, like I said, was on record as saying I shot a fucking porno in the woods, which is one of the reasons why Jason Lives Part 6 uh, actually is the only movie in this series that has no nudity. Oh. Um, and they kind of, um, you know, it's one of the like loose theories out there is that like five had so much nudity that again, to kind of like try to clean up the image a little bit. Cause they were already getting pretty bad rap. Like, you know, like at that point it was almost like, there's no, it's getting kind of into trauma territory. You know, I think we're at the point now where like watching f- four, it's like, this is, this is a, this is a French film <laughs> at this point, a boob happens and I don't clock it like yeah. the other ones i was like well get ready for five buckle up like I, the other ones a boob a boob a boob happens you get an instance of boob and i go uh-oh but now it's happening and i'm like oh this person's naked like four <laughs> minutes pass and i'm like oh okay that person died naked. Yeah. okay then i really want to see six um very genuinely interested in watching it in black and white i don't know if that should be your first time watching it i mean i've only ever seen mad max in black and white so or sepia tone or whatever so it was black and white, yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we watch. Oh, I'll watch, oh, I'll watch it in black and white for the first time. Yeah. Okay. You All know right. I love a good black and white yeah. cut. Yeah. Um, and then seven, yeah, she fights. He fights Carrie. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I am fifty-fifty on it. It's one that I've probably seen the least. Which like the the the, the other fifty percent that's making me hopeful is like I said I haven't seen it so much. I have heard some good things. Um, in terms of the stretch that I'm dreading the most, it's kind of eight to Freddy versus Jason. I was going to say it starts with the worm and ends with Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Uh, it starts with Manhattan takes Manhattan. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, the high point of that arc for me is uh, Jason goes to hell. Um, that one is just not a slasher film anymore. That one's a weird metaphysical demon movie that has the necronomicon in it <laughs> um and yes i love it uh i love that one so anyways yeah that's that's kind of the forecast um the next one is the one the next one the best way to describe the next one is it's not an anthology like season of the witch but it's the halloween three of the series okay where people were like um more jason Voorhees, please um, which is odd because the movie definitely has, as far as the audience is concerned, Jason Voorhees in it. But we'll get there. So, anyways, anything else? That's that mattress, man. I think that's that. You beat me to it. It's <laughs> If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time...